Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. Psychologist, author, speaker, musician, former professor, and the host of Love and Life, Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Welcome to Love and Life. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. No one lives a perfect life. We all encounter elements of our journey we didn't expect. And when life doesn't play out as planned, we experience loss. The loss of expectations, hopes, and dreams. And, as with every loss, we grieve. But how do we grieve something we never had in the first place? It's a unique grief. It's one that's unconventional, but one that is still quite palpable and profound. Single women feel this acutely. They grieve a relationship that hasn't happened yet. They grieve a life that isn't moving along according to their anticipated timeline. I addressed this in depth on the podcast in episode 71 with Laura Banky, who's the creator of the Life Actually brand. The episode is called Hashtag Own Your Timeline. That's one of Laura's hashtags and one of the main elements of her mission to help us all embrace the life we actually have. And today we're going to talk about another realm of life, a reality that we may experience that we didn't anticipate, a role we may step into that we are not quite sure we will know how to navigate, and that's the role of the stepmom. And I've spoken to this a couple times on the podcast. In episode 64, I spoke with Kendall Rose, the author of the book, The Stepmom's Club, How to Be a Stepmom Without Losing Your Money, Your Mind, and Your Marriage. And in episode 40, I spoke with Kelly Palmquist, MSW, about being a childless stepmom, the struggle of raising his kids while wanting your own. These are complex concerns, and they're concerns that many of us will need to grapple with to some degree. According to a University of Wisconsin professor of sociology, Larry L. Bumpus, 50% of all women are likely sometime in their life to live in a step-family relationship, and there is plenty of beauty and love and joy in step-families. I am myself a stepmother. And there are also challenges that are unique to stepfamilies. And there is the loss of the expectation of what your family life was going to look like, what it was, quote, unquote, supposed to look like. So to talk more about grieving the life you thought you'd have, I've invited Christina and Gannett of Radical Stepmoms podcast to the program. Here's a little bit more about Christina and Gannett. Christina and Gannett met at work and quickly bonded over their roles as stepmoms. They finally didn't feel alone anymore, and they wanted to share that feeling with other stepmoms. On Radical Stepmoms podcast, Christina and Gannett talk about the good, bad, and really ugly moments about raising a child that you didn't create. 
Their motto, mom is a verb. My conversation with Christina and Gannett after this. If you're looking for some in-depth support, head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com and click on the work with me tab to schedule a consultation. Consultations will help you clarify underlying emotional and psychological concerns, will target limiting beliefs and thought patterns, will learn empowering techniques from cognitive therapy to sustainably elevate your mindset and mood, will identify relationship dynamics which are impeding your goals, and will together generate a concrete plan for moving forward to help you thrive in love and life. Schedule your consultation today at loveandlifemedia.com. I'd love to work with you. Christina and Gannett, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. Thank you for having us. It was such an honor to appear on your program, and when we had that conversation and we resonated on so many levels, I knew I wanted to have you on my program, and so I wasn't quite sure what realm I wanted to cover, and then you guys posted something recently on Instagram, and I thought, that's it. That's exactly (laughs) it, and what it was to let the listeners know, the, the quote was, I'm still grieving the life I thought I would have. Mm-hmm. It was so poignant, and it's something that resonates not just with stepmoms, which of course we're going to talk a lot about stepmoms because we're all stepmoms here, yeah. but my listeners, many are single on the dating scene, and frankly, many are in their 30s and 40s, and they're going to be stepmoms whether they know it or not yet, so this topic is relevant to them even in the future, but despite where we are in life, there are going to be parts of our life that have not played out as planned. And we had these expectations and we had these hopes and now we're in a life and there can be great, great things about it, but there's still that grieving that goes on. So speak to me, speak to my audience about when when did this thought come to you and you thought this is something we want to share with our community? I think I I had a difficult time coming to oh, this is what I'm experiencing because I, I mean, I've been with my husband for seven years now and it has been something that it's kind of lingered. And as we've progressed into our relationship and now that we're married and we have a child of our own and then I'm with my stepson and I'm just seeing like, and feeling and, and experiencing these things that I didn't really plan on. And mm-hmm. I kind of like look back into what I thought life would be like And I'm having to course correct in a way. And I, so much of what we do on our platform are speak our own experiences, knowing that we can't be alone in this. And, and so once we say it out loud, it becomes, um, our truth and our biggest mission, I guess, in our own platform is to not let anyone else feel like they're alone in these feelings. And so I just felt like I had to share that to if someone else hadn't yet kind of put a word on what they were feeling, that it's grief and it is something to honor and work through and not feel shame about. So that's kind of where that, that post came from. (laughs) Yeah. So it had kind of been simmering and, and percolating beneath the surface of your awareness, which listeners should, should know you're a social worker. So you're pretty well versed in introspection and, and being aware of your emotions. And so I love that you're sharing that because even a professional can struggle 
with some of these realities that present themselves. And you were, of course, very well aware. I'm going to be a stepmother and I know there are challenges. I've read my family systems texts in grad school. And yet there there was more to it than even you could have anticipated. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we, Christina and I have discussed, you know, from the very beginning and have even put onto our social media is, you know, as, you know, young girls or whenever we envisioned our lives, we didn't think about being stepmothers or what that would entail. And right the the details of the roles that we play and how you know complex it can be right so we envision being married one day and having a family and we delved into you know a whole different scenario than we envisioned and part of that is taking it in and accepting it but also you know again grieving the parts where this isn't kind of what we mapped out and right. how do we navigate that how do we work through that similar to kind of the stages of grief, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that are not, that, that are linear, <laughs> that yeah. I feel like, oh, I'm making progress. And then, you know, we move into a different milestone in our family or in our relationship. And it's like, wow, I, you know, I'm having a baby with my husband and this is not what I thought it would be because he's done this before. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's those types of things that come up or, you know, I'm currently navigating my daughter's relationship with her half brother. And that's not a sibling relationship that I also was fully prepared for. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. There's so much to that, which is why I'm glad we have a lot of time to really unpack all this. (laughs) Because like you, I always put it this way, you know, no one's playing Barbies when they're little. Like Annette was saying, like these dreams that we had as as a little girl, no one's like, I'm going to walk down the aisle to Ken and I'll be wife number two. (laughs) No one has that dream or that vision. And yet it still can be absolutely the right move. I mean, obviously I married the love of my life and I wouldn't have scripted it out that he'd been married to someone else before, but it doesn't change that he's still the love of my life and it was meant to be. And then, of course, compounding all of this is the reality that Disney and the Brothers Grimm, everyone has prepared everyone to see stepmothers as wicked and evil. So we're dealing with that. And I know you have had this experience and I have. You can't gripe about anything that's going on because friends will say, well, you knew what you were getting into. (laughs) Did we really though? (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lack of support from society in general. And that's okay because you guys are here. <laughs> you guys are here with your Radical Stepmoms podcast. There, There is support available, but we need to have these conversations. We need to have these platforms, which is why I love what you're doing. I wanted to bring you on the podcast. And also, like you said, you're thinking, huh, I'm having these feelings and I'm way into this marriage at this point. And I've, we have a baby of our own and all of these things. And yet I'm still feeling some of this grief. And if I'm feeling it, I know I'm not the only one. So you're able to present that to the community and let people respond and resonate with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I felt when I first came to that kind of realization of like, wow, this is actually what I'm experiencing. It allowed me to feel more empowered Mm -hmm. to kind of, okay, I know what this is now. I'm going to, you know, work through it. I've identified it. You know, what's going to help me through this process? Is it communicating this to my partner? Is it, you know, and I just wanted to by sharing these things, you know, I want to empower others to kind of take control, you know, over what they're feeling and know that there are things that they can do to, you know, kind of alleviate some of those emotions. 
what sort of things do you recommend? What, what, what sort of things have worked for you? Because I think there's this tension of grieving, and yet you don't want the grief to overwhelm you from all the beautiful things about your life and your marriage and your family. And so there's that tension of, I don't want to minimize my emotional experience, but I also don't want it to overshadow everything else that's going on. What do you guys do for that tension? Lean on one another. <laughs> that's my first thought is, yeah, because I think when when you think about the word grief, it can sound very heavy. So yeah. I, for me, I try not to use that necessarily with my partner directly in, in terms of how I am expressing, you know, the feelings that I'm having about, you know, wishing I was at this stage in, in this life that we have together, but we have these hurdles and things like that. But I think, you know, leaning in, whether it be with Christina or other stepmoms and just being able to trust that I have a safe place to talk about these things without having, you know, just these thoughts of judgment or will someone understand why, why would you grieve a life that you wish you had? Mm -hmm. And, and, and just talking about it and knowing it's okay. And I think, you know, when this information is put onto Instagram, I'm hopeful that the women that can relate are just saying, yes, finally someone said (laughs) it for me or someone gave me permission or, or uh, opened the doors for me to, to agree and to feel this as well, because I, I can imagine so many are sitting with, with these feelings and thinking, is this okay for me to think this way and to feel this way? And it absolutely is. So for me personally, I think it's just, it's really leaning in on my support and my community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and Gannett made a good point in that when we, because I often try and communicate however I'm feeling to my partner, whether it's Mm -hmm. grief or whether it's, you know, something else, but you know, it is something to tread lightly on when you're communicating this to your partner, because you don't want to make them feel bad and that our life isn't good enough or our life isn't fulfilling or whatever. So, um, but when I do communicate this to my partner, I let him know, like, you know, these are the feelings that I'm having. I love what we've created together. I love that this is, you know, and then I try and allow him the space to respond to how I'm feeling. But he also shares, you know, this isn't what he wanted either. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, he didn't want to have, you know, his son go through this sort of childhood or he didn't want, you know, to have a failed relationship that, you know, all these things. So I think that if when he finally kind of put that word to what he was feeling too, it allowed us to be a little bit closer to each other. Mm. Um, and it was, yeah, like this isn't exactly how we had it pictured out, you know, in our heads, but look at, you know, what we have moving forward and how do we still make it resemble something of what we imagined. But for me, it's, I, I have to communicate things to my partner because I just feel like I'm not being authentic with him Mm -hmm. uh, when I'm feeling these things or if he sees that I'm going through something, I just feel like I, I just have to be open with him about it. So that's been really helpful for me. And also, I don't know, a lot of inner work. Yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of books and I journal and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think it's great that you brought that up because I know I've felt as a stepmom, what you are speaking to both of you is this experience that wasn't obviously what I would have scripted out for myself as a child. And then also a bit of alienation, which I just, it's just part of it. And it's, 
it's not, I don't let it again. I don't let it, I don't stew. I don't fester on it because I don't want to miss all the great stuff. And I'm, you know, I'm super cognitive. I'm super into taking charge of my thoughts. That's the theme of this podcast. And I do believe in the power of cognitive behavioral therapy. And I use all the <laughs> the stuff that I used to teach people as a therapist. I use it on myself every day. Mm-hmm. But but there's a part of it where you feel oh, very alone that no one quite understands because most people who've stepped into a conventional partnership, maybe at the expected time, they forge this life together, right? It's you and me, and now we're making this brand new life together. And that is not the step family. It just isn't. Because your your desire to have this brand new life together is legitimate and valid and, and fine. And you can have elements of the new partnership. But there's always the parts that came from the relationships from before. And that can be overwhelming at times because we don't we feel that we don't know our our place at times and I, certainly the early days the first couple of years holidays felt awkward all of that stuff felt so awkward because i felt like i'm married and i'm here at christmas but this isn't my family. It just was so awkward and uncomfortable. And I felt like a bad person like for having emotions about it. So again, it's so validating to have you and your platform sharing these emotions because I don't think there's a single stepmother on the planet who hasn't had some very, very visceral responses to what she's dealing with and go, oh my gosh, I don't recognize this person. I'm not this angry person. I'm not this person who has these, these tantrums in my head. And that can be, you don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. It's very, Absolutely. very scary. Yeah, it's an identity shift for sure. And yeah. that I know for me, it's brought out things that I didn't know that I cared about. Mm. <laughs> I didn't know that, you know, they were important to me or, or in, you know, some cases it, or some situations it's, I respond in a way that I don't know why I'm responding this way, but I'm having yet yeah, a very visceral response to what is happening. And I have to kind of like talk myself down of, okay, what is going on here? Why is this so upsetting? Why, you know, yeah. and it's, it's, you learn so much about yourself yeah. <laughs> and because it's uncharted territory, you've never done this before. Right. So, you know, it's going to bring out different sides of you. And I think to add to what Christina's saying, it, it also, there's, how do I describe it? I think for me, I would describe it as an adjustment period, right? And mm-hmm. I think in any relationship, there's an adjustment period, just getting to know each other. But the difference between a nuclear family and a step family is you have to adjust to, like you said, Dr. Karen, the past and the residual stuff mm-hmm. that comes from that past relationship and this this child and navigating or children and navigating two homes. And, and so as the newcomer in this dynamic, you have to now kind of play this role of, I have to get used to what's, what's happening before I can see what the next steps are for, for us. Right. So Mm -hmm. in my situation and specifically there were, there was a lot of adjustment and a lot of things that needed to be taken care of for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. um, before, you know, my partner and I could look at what are our next steps. And so when delving into that, you're not always ready for all of these new adjustments. You just think, okay, I have this relationship with this person who has a child, but there's so much more about it that you have to get into before you can get into the part where, you know, it's your life plan together. Right. So now we can start. (laughs) Right. Right. Now that we're comfortable with where things are now Mm -hmm. and I have had to adjust now we can start on our journey. Um, and then however that looks. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it's very, it's a unique place to be. Definitely. (laughs) It is. And Christina has 
a stepson and an hours baby, a bio yeah. baby. And Gannett, what's your family constellation? Uh, it's just my stepdaughter. So we do not have an hours baby. Yeah. And that's, that's me as well. I have three stepchildren who are older now. They're all in their 20s. When I showed up on the scene, they were still middle school, high school, college. So there was a bit of the development. I came in later in their development, but still, <laughs> Christina and I talked about on your program, mm-hmm. there's a lot more parenting to be done than I realized. I thought, yeah. oh, I'll just come in. I'll just be dad's wife and dad's happy and you're going to be happy and everyone's going to be happy. I mean, I wasn't that naive, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't realize I'd have to roll up my sleeves and be more of a mom than I thought, which of course has only bonded us closer. So in the midst of that struggle, we want to be aware and mindful that it's hard to think of it this way when we're in the valley in the trenches. But those those rough moments are the ones that obviously cause that bond to be even stronger. If I had just skated through their development as dad's wife and nothing more, I wouldn't be quite as close to them, I don't think. And I do want to say real quickly that, I mean, we've been talking about the experience of a stepmother and from our vantage point, but I loved a follow-up Instagram post you guys did recently was your stepkids are grieving a life they'll never know too. And we've been focusing on the stepmother's perspective, Mm -hmm. but the kids are also going through a grief process. And we absolutely care so deeply for what they're going through. And every stepmother I know, which isn't as many as I'd like to know, (laughs) I wish I knew. And you guys are building an amazing community, which you need to speak to later with all these virtual events and things. But Every stepmother I know has that deep compassion for realizing that this is not what the kids wanted either. Every kid wants their parents together. The kids, have, I mean, I talk to adult children of divorce and they'll talk about, even they're, they're 30 years old, they're like, yeah, I still wish my parents would get back together. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so share a little bit more about what was on your heart with that post. I think, you know, to, to preface this, it's, you know, our platform is for stepmoms, but, and I talk a lot about what we're experiencing and how to, you know, navigate these different emotions and navigate our role and navigate the relationships with our partners. But, you know, it's, it, it is all about our stepkids. And so, you know, I, I, I think I had, I came off of a conversation with my mom and I always joke with her about her getting back together with my dad. (laughs) And this is like 25, 26, 27 years after they've divorced. And it kind of just struck me like, oh my gosh, like I'm in my thirties and I'm still wanting my parents (laughs) to be together. And, you know, they've all remarried and I've had multiple step moms and I've had a stepdad. And so it's, it's like, oh wow. And I just really thought about my, my stepson, because I get frustrated when he talks about why doesn't my mom live with us? Or, Mm. you know, why aren't we all together? Or like, and and he asks these questions and I am honest. And when my first emotion is like hurt, because I'm like, you know, why don't you love our home? Why, why aren't we good enough? Why? And then I have to think like, he loves all of us and he just wants all of us to live together. Like that's all he wants. And he doesn't like going back and forth between homes. He doesn't like, I I try and spin it sometimes with him of, Oh buddy, will you get two birthdays and you get two Christmases (laughs) and you have two rooms full of toys. And I don't think he cares about that. I honestly think that he is just like, no, I just want to stay in the same place. And I try to put myself in his position and it's like, yeah, that would, be really hard to, because when I grew up, I was with my mom and I would see my dad, you know, 
occasionally. And it wasn't, there was no like split custody or anything mm-hmm. like that. He was in a different state. So it was just um, a different experience altogether. But I just really had this thought of this is what I experienced. This is how I'm feeling as an adult child. (laughs) And then thinking about my stepson and I was like, I just always want to remind other stepmoms like, yeah, we can be feeling all these things, but our, our kids are going through it too. And it, and to have that compassion and that empathy and that, and giving them grace for what they're experiencing, that is the intimacy that I often try to search for when I'm having those hard moments with him, when my feelings are getting hurt mm-hmm. <laughs> and seeing where he's actually coming from um, and seeing it from his level. And, and that's when, like you were saying, like I, that's what builds us closer together mm-hmm. and helping our relationship. So Gannett, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Thinking about the, the, the children is, is a huge piece of it because, you know, Christina and I, probably came into our kiddos' lives, our stepkiddos' lives around the same age. My stepdaughter was a little over two and a half years old when I mm. you know, came into her life. Very, a very critical time, right? A very uh, just delicate time during her developmental stages where, you know, she at one point had mom and dad under the same roof. And then all of a sudden her world changed. And yeah. now there was her dad and myself and then her mom. Right. And so I, I sometimes think about that. How did that uh, impact her during, you know, during mm-hmm. those years? And you can tell as the years have gone on that, 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 that it has, and, you know, kiddos are not the best with their words, but y- there are times where of course she misses her mother and she's with us. And that is completely natural and understandable. You know, typically in a home where both mom and dad are in the same, under the same roof, you can, you know, get your needs met from mom over here and get your needs met from dad over there. And so thinking about how challenging this role can be for us, I I sometimes stop and think, I can't imagine what's going on that teeny tiny brain of yours, you know, and um, mm-hmm. I grew up in a blended family, but my mom was the stepmom. Mm. And you were the ours baby. I was the ours. I was oh. the first ours baby. Yeah. And so I, I had mom and dad throughout my entire upbringing and all of that. So I, I don't know how that feels, but I can imagine through the lens of a child and, and knowing that there are probably a lot of confusion and, mm-hmm. and frustration. So I think to tap into how the kids are feeling also for us stepmoms reminds us of some of that empathy. Mm -hmm. And I think too, it's, I mean, I'm an adult and it doesn't stop when you turn 18. My parents attended my wedding. My parents attended, you know, my baby shower, my parents attend all my graduations and all this stuff. And it's that feeling of, oh, my parents are going to be there and how are they going to get along? They're bringing their significant others. How is that going to feel? And at some points I felt like I needed to protect my dad from the presence of my stepdad, or I didn't want my mom to feel weird about my mom, my dad's new wife, or just like that. I felt like I was the referee as the child and Hmm. feeling that and not, I never want my stepson to feel that. And despite the high conflict (laughs) that is in our blended family, we do a really good job of protecting him from that so much so that he'll ask, why does my mom live here? And <laughs> right. I want to be like, because we don't like her, but <laughs> 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 it's like, you know, it's, he, he doesn't have any 
any idea about that. And that's a really good thing. I think me, I was a very intuitive little girl. So mm. I think I was just like, something's not right here, mom, you're not smiling as much or you know, whatever it was, yeah. but just because the child grows up, you know, turns 18, they're out of the house or whatever, that there's still those wonderful things to celebrate in your life that, you know, you want both parents there. And if they can't get along and they can't show up for the kid in those very special, happy moments, you know, that's really unfortunate. So trying to consider again, their experience and that this is a grief that they're feeling and that they, they'll see their friends who have parents that are still married and it's no big deal. But when you're not in that situation, you're thinking about all these things that a kid shouldn't have to think about. Um, and navigating that, that feeling of loss that is, I I mean, divorce is very common, but it's still not something that you wish upon your child or your life. So, and it is common, but it's the first time this kid's experienced divorce, right? I mean, just because it's common doesn't mean that it has any less impact. And I do think that our culture in the seventies growing up as a kid, it was like, oh my gosh, the parents are divorced. It was more of a thing because it was more just starting to become something that people were doing more, but it doesn't matter because that kid didn't experience, it doesn't matter if everyone's getting divorced. That's still the first broken family this child's experienced. And yeah, I love that you we're highlighting that as well. And I think about the conflicting loyalty. You spoke to the idea that kids sometimes then feel in the position of having to manage their parents' emotions, which is no child should have to deal with that. And also their own emotions, because as they start to bond with a step parent, they may feel that they're betraying their bio parent. Mm -hmm. And I've thought about that over the years because people would all say, well, you're so nice. I'm sure your your stepkids will love you. I'm thinking, okay, that's a pat answer. (laughs) I'm a nice person. Yes, I am. But this is, I have no other relationship on the planet that's the same as I have with my three stepchildren. And it's completely different. And I can be nice to them all I want, but it doesn't mean that it's not, it's not going to be hard. It doesn't mean that it's not going to be challenging for them. And I even thought about, like I said, I bet the nicer I am, then there can be this feeling of like, oh, I really do like her, but I shouldn't like her probably because (laughs) how rough is that? I 100% felt that with growing up with my stepdad. Mm. My dad was in a different state and I was upset that my stepdad was so caring and Mm. he was so supportive and he would, you know, he did all these things for me. He was a hundred percent there for me. Every boyfriend that broke my heart, he was the one that I cried to. And I, in a way was like, why isn't my dad here? Why are you here? And my dad's not here. Mm -hmm. Or I, and it's unfortunate now that I'm an adult and I can look back and see, you know, how I treated my stepdad. And I, I'm very regretful in a lot of ways. And things would happen where my dad would, you know, call me and I would get to talk to him for 30 minutes. And then I would get off the phone and just be mean to my stepdad because I was just like, Oh, like I, I love my dad. And why is it, you know, it's, it's hard and it's complicated and it's so normal. And again, you're a child trying to navigate these right. very, very hard feelings and not understanding what's you know happening around you and just wanting a relationship with your parent who's not there. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so I totally get that, that you can be the nicest person. (laughs) You can be a hundred percent there and supportive and do all those great things. And sometimes I, I, I do that as a stepmom and then it's, I'm still not good enough. I'm still not. And then that 
speaks to my insecurities and like, okay, well, do I need to step back? Do I need to try harder? You know, and it's because I've had this experience growing up and then now I'm in the stepmom role. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know sometimes. (laughs) Like, do I, what do I do? Because either way, I feel like it's not, something can go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And I think the other side of it too is, what the step parent can bring to the stepchild in terms of um, what they may not have from the bio parent. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. in my role, I mean, my stepdaughter is very attached to me and I am a very different person from her biological mother. So there's a lot, there's a lot of positive things she gains from our relationship and from the dynamics within our household that she may not have access to in her other home. Right. So in addition to, you know, the children grieving the loss of the original family, there's a lot of celebration, I think, for a lot of stepkids too, right? Because maybe that bio parent doesn't have the abilities to do X, Y, and Z, or there are some bio parents who are not in the picture. And so that child has now gained an, a new parent and a parent mm-hmm. that brings a whole different you know, approach or just a whole different set of characteristics and can contribute significantly to that child. And so in that way, it can be a very positive change for kids, I think. Yeah. Yeah, And we definitely have to look for those silver linings because they're there despite the complexities, as you're, as you're saying, it's a complex relationship, but it can be a really beautiful one. That's another person who's pretty darn invested. I mean, a step-parent is invested, even though I know the world may see us as kind of on the fringe, but we know we're not. <laughs> we're in the trenches right yeah. there. We're and committed. we love... We're committed. Yeah, we're definitely... We, we are committed. <laughs> we absolutely are. So I love that you're bringing this again to the conversation and, and bringing the support that I, I know that stepmothers, at least I can speak as a stepmother, really need... And I think it's just a great, you guys are so raw and real and you're radical stepmoms and you just keep it real, which is fantastic. <laughs> Let's connect on social. I'm most active on Instagram where I post original quotes, infographics, and I tackle trending topics in my love smarter, not harder IGTVs. On Insta, you can find me at Dr. Karen, D-R-K-A-R-I-N. I'm also on Facebook at Dr. Karen Anderson Abril and on Twitter at Dr. Karen Anderson. Let's speak a little bit again about, I'm I'm thinking now of someone who maybe isn't a step parent, but they really resonate with the idea of grieving the life you expected and resonating in the life that is. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned some of the expectations. You mentioned some values that were different. I know Gannett talked about, we have to sort out some things even before we can move into this new life. I know that for me and my step family, there's been this, these values that my husband and I share. And when I didn't see one of the stepkids adhering to those values, (laughs) I would get really mad. (laughs) I'm like, no. And then I'm thinking, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm a newcomer. And they might even see me like if dad's all of a sudden like, yeah, that's that's how we do things. They might go, well, that's more Karen. That's not you, dad. That's Karen's influence. You know, and how that then again, I'm going to be the bad guy coming in and setting things straight in this family. I mean, again, it's just so complicated. But how do we manage that? I mean, when I got engaged or actually even before, as I was falling in love with my husband, I was like, 
okay, I'm going to be wife number two. That's not ideal, but here it is. And he's amazing. And I love him like crazy. But how do I feel that our entire relationship isn't like the consolation prize? Mm -hmm. And it took for me, it took him saying, you're the love of my life. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was married to someone else. And I, I, that had produced the other loves of my life, my children, right? right. Mm-hmm. But I needed to know that I wasn't like plan B, that yes, no one intends to like, I'll stay married for 23 years, then I'll get divorced and I'll meet Karen, I'll meet, marry her. That wasn't the plan, but it actually was for the best for everyone. His ex mm-hmm. is now happily married to someone else. You know, in big picture, it was meant to be. I hate that hearts were broken along the way. I hate that the kid's family was fractured. I wasn't part of fracturing. It doesn't matter. I hate that it happened for them. Also, I'm really glad I married the love of my life. And I, it took him telling me, you are the love of my life. This is not, this does not feel like, okay, second best. That was something I really needed. What was your experience with that? Yeah, I think it's important to have those conversations with your partner because I think all of us need to hear something to ease that, that feeling. Mm-hmm. I had similar conversations with my husband because my husband had a child with another woman, but he was never married to her. However, mm-hmm. he had been married before in his early twenties. So okay. um, it's kind of a, Oh, you had another wedding and you were married, but it wasn't, you know, so I, throughout our relationship or throughout our, you know, it was the wedding and then it was having our baby and all these things like, Oh, you've done this before, even down to buying a house before and all this stuff. And, and I think one of the things he said to me when we were talking about getting married and I was sharing these insecurities was he's, he said, look, we all have chapters in our life and these chapters end and we move forward. Mm -hmm. And I am a better person. I can be a better person for you now because I've gone through these things. Mm. I, can't keep, I can't keep focusing on, you know, the past and what I could have changed or what I, you know, didn't, how things didn't go for me or because again, he, he has his own process of grieving. But when he said that those are all chapters that are now over and I am with you now, and this is our chapter. This is a whole new book, baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I am a, I am a different man because of those experiences and I can be better for you because mm. of these experiences. Mm. And, you know, he, he can get pretty romantic and mushy. So it was oh. like, you know, it was like, I've, I've been waiting my whole life for this relationship. Oh. Everything that I've gone through has prepared me to give you what, what we want in life. And so that right there was our moment where I was mm. like, Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> That's yes. what I needed to hear that. And, and that is, also what I try and think of when I am feeling, you know, that grief of I stepmom life is hard, mm-hmm. but I know a hundred percent that I was put into this family and meeting and being my stepson's stepmom. I'm prepared. I was built to be his stepmom. Mm. <laughs> I have a lot of, you know, what he needs and he is, special in a lot of ways that I am able to be there for him. And my husband has also said that and that I can't imagine any other person that, you know, can be this for him. So again, it's kind of trusting the universe and everything happens for a reason Yeah, and getting caught up on that history before you can be 
fester and turn into really icky feelings and and thoughts, but I try not to do that. (laughs) Right. Okay. So beautiful. A so powerful B and Yes, when we turn over power to the past, that's our choice. And it's hard. And I've sl- I've slipped down that road and ruminated. And, you know, when I moved into my husband's home that he shared with his ex for. Yeah. yeah. So you can imagine going down to the storage room to get Christmas decorations. And all of a sudden, there's these pictures from this other life. And, and I had to make some really major choices cognitively to say, I can go down that road and I can give power to the ghost of this past relationship. And I can act like this is not my house, even though it didn't feel like my house for a long time. It didn't feel, people come over like, your house is pretty. I'm like, it's not my house. <laughs> I, would, I would say things like, I didn't mean to say it, but it felt so disingenuous to say, thank you. Oh, thank you. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> I picked nothing out. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so I made that choice not to give power to the past, but it took a long time. I'm not going to act like I just did that the first day I walked in this house. It took mm-hmm. a while for me to realize my power and that I was giving it away and deciding mm-hmm. I didn't want to. And I love, though, that, Christina, that your husband was able to give you that that beautiful truth that resonates again across any kind of scenario, whether we're talking about about step families or whether we're talking about some of my single listeners who are going, wait, I didn't want to be single until I was 40. This was not the plan. But what he was saying is all those past experiences made him the man that you fell in love with and prepared him for just this time to be your perfect partner. Not a perfect person, but your perfect partner. And that's the same for my single listeners, right? Or someone who's been through a divorce or whatever the case may be. Whatever you're experiencing, you can use that. You can harness it. You can empower yourself with those experiences to set you up for the best future, whether it's with a person or whether you're talking about a job. It doesn't matter. It, it generalizes to all contexts. Gannett, what the sorts of things worked for you as you were trying to navigate that tension between the past and then the present? Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty difficult for me in the beginning because yeah. there's a lot of firsts that happen, right? Because mm. I've never been married and I came into it without kids. So there was a lot of absorbing information that this individual that I'm falling in love with, that I'm planning to build a life with, has had uh, a marriage and has had a child. And then, you know, their divorce was very messy. And so that was a, a part where I just had to question, you know, what was your process? What were you thinking during this relationship? And, you know, my husband, he's he's not as... <sighs> <laughs> he has a hard time talking about his past as well. I'll say it mm-hmm. that way. And mm-hmm. so it took him a while to just kind of open up and say, you know, his experience was him being young and him kind of coasting through these life stages that he felt like he should have done instead of sure. you know actually wanting to do yep. and actually being present, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and saying that this is something that I'm doing because I truly feel this is the best decision with this person and all of these life decisions we're making together. So he just kind of coasted through. And Mm -hmm. then when we began and built our relationship, he told me, this is the first time I felt what love is. This is what love feels like. Mm. I don't know what that feels like. And for me, it was kind of hard to wrap my mind around because I thought, well, you must've loved that person if you married her and you had a child, but you know, that's not necessarily true. And in every situation, you could love someone, but you can love them differently, right? And so, you know, hearing those type of things helped ease my insecurities and my fears. 
when it came to that because I'm very particular about the way <laughs> I, you know, make my life decision. And so, you know, it kind of helped ease that. Yeah, I just, I think being open to the idea that someone can have a past and someone can have a life with these big, huge decisions that were made and that may not necessarily be where they need to be mm-hmm. forever, right? Mm-hmm. And that chapter of their life is a chapter, mm-hmm. um, but moving on to the next chapter that feels right and where you can be present and be your true self, that's the most important chapter. Very powerful. And as someone who almost married the wrong person, I was two months away from getting married back in my 30s mm-hmm. and then was a runaway bride. Uh-huh. I can yeah, I can definitely speak to what... Oh, Oh my gosh, you're so sweet. Now, I felt like an utter train wreck at the time. At the time, I felt like a basket case. And then people were like, You were brave. I was like, I was not brave. If I were brave, I would have gotten out of this thing. You know, the relationship lasted four years. It's not like I was a baby. And I'm a psychologist also. (laughs) We're not immune. (laughs) No, we're not. Yeah, we're not immune. But yeah, so looking back though, I can really resonate with the idea of people they just go through the motions sometimes and they don't, they're like sleepwalking. They don't even realize it. And I'm not talking about people who are like legit, like on some drug or something. These are people who appear to be fairly self-aware, fairly introspective, but you get into a routine and you're on the track and you just don't see that there's an an exit ramp. You really don't. Mm -hmm. And that's why, yeah, when I caught off my wedding, a lot of people I started interviewing, because that's my next book. It's uh, tentatively titled, I Don't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A guide for people who might be engaged who are going, wait, this isn't feeling right. And is it because I am going through the motions? We dated for a couple Mm -hmm. of years, check. I guess the next step is to get engaged, check. I guess the next step is to get married. So I totally can resonate with the idea that you could love someone and think it was. This is love enough to get married and then go, oh my gosh, compared to what I have with Gannett, it's nothing like what we have. That this love is the kind of epic love that I maybe always wished I could have, but maybe started convincing myself it wasn't available or didn't exist. It was just chick flicks and Hollywood rom-coms. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was actually engaged in my early twenties to my high school boyfriend. And it was one of those things where I went to college, he went to college out of state. He ended up proposing during like Memorial day break or something like that, because, you know, having a long distance relationship is hard. It was, Mm -hmm. well, let's see the deal. And then we ended up living together for a short time. And it came down to like, I knew once I graduated college, I was going to move because we were in Oregon. You know, I was going to move to Seattle and I was going to go to grad school. And he was like, uh, no, that's not happening. And I'm like, uh, no. (laughs) (laughs) And then that was kind of the deal breaker for me where I was like, absolutely not. I need someone who's, you know, going to support my dreams. And it just kind of unraveled this whole, like, just structural thing of our relationship of, I finally realized like, no, this is, this isn't the type of relationship that I want. And if I didn't pay attention to those feelings, I very well would have married him and I would have been living in my hometown and I would have been, you know, my entire life trajectory would have changed. And I'm just really glad that I kind of listened to that internal voice that was like, no, this isn't the life that you want to choose. And some people, you know, they're like, yeah, absolutely. That's, I'm going to marry my high school sweetheart. This is what we're going to do because they're just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. So I can totally relate to that. And it was a big thing when I broke it off and had to hand him back the ring. And <laughs> Oh, yeah. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, it's dramatic. And for some reason, even to this day, when I say to people, oh yeah, I caught off an engagement, they're like, what? It's interesting to me because for some reason, it it's more fascinating to people than even a divorce, which you'd think mm. it's more traumatic and there was a wedding and everything. But people, like we said earlier, divorce is pretty common. But when you say you were a runaway bride, people want all the details. And, yeah. and again, there's no resources out there, which is why I want to write a book about it, because I want people to, to ask themselves those questions that you did, Christina, where you went, this is not the life I want. But if you hadn't really listened, like you said, if you hadn't really given that little intuition that was trying to nudge, you would have just gone, well, no, this is the way it is. It's just cold feet and we'll sort it out when we get married. We'll work out all the kinks and you know, right. we'll figure out how, where we're going to move. Da, da, da. Mind. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people do that all the time. Yeah. That's another one of my big passion points is helping all of us to be really honest with ourselves, honest with our values, what we want, what works for us in a partner. And avoid some of these situations that can be avoided. I mean, again, marriages happen, they they break up, it's not the end of the world. But if we can avoid some of that pain, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's so great connecting with all of you via the podcast. And I would love to meet you IRL. If your organization is looking for a speaker for your next event, check out my website, go to the speaking page and see the content that I love to talk about. Just like on the podcast, in my speeches, I cover a wide array of topics grounded in psych research, of course. I'd love to meet you and share strategies for thriving in all realms of love and life with you and your organization. I cannot recommend Dr. Karen enough as your speaker at your event. As my keynote speaker, she completely set the tone of compassion, self-love, and authenticity that bled into everything we did for the rest of the event. She was incredibly prepared and present and went above and beyond when it came to sharing the event with her audience. Her knowledge, magnetic energy, and expertise while on stage is one thing. It will be everything you'd hope for and more for your audience. But her giving spirit and willingness to do more than simply show up when it's time to go on is icing on the cake. She walks her talk, and by the end of working with her, I was wishing she lived down the block from me for weekly meetups. For more information and to book me to speak at your next event, contact my producer, Tim May, Tim at loveandlifemedia.com. So ladies, tell my listeners a little bit about your platform, because I know you have a lot of resources. You're starting to do these meetup groups, I think virtually right now, of course, but Mm -hmm. tell them a little bit about where you're going with, with your podcast and your brand and your community. Well, we started Radical Stepmoms podcast about a year and a half ago now, and it was really just a way for Gannett and I to just chat about our experiences and be real about what what happens in blended families. And we kind of saw, you know, there was lacking resources or lacking this particular just rawness and the hard nitty gritty stuff about it. And so it was, it's a hobby. It started as a hobby <laughs> and now it's kind of turned into something else, which is awesome. Yeah. So we are on Instagram, Radical Stepmoms Podcast, and we do anything from um, stepmom chats where we talk one-on-one with stepmoms about what they're going through. We do virtual stepmom like wine dates or <laughs> brunch dates where mm-hmm. we all just talk and vent or share the positives, the negatives, whatever, just 
just really being able to talk to another stepmom who understands. I've also recently started what we call um, Stepmom to Stepmom, where it's a kind of a matching service. <laughs> it's mm. not like it's not as complicated as like eHarmony or anything like that. <laughs> you apply and you can get matched to a stepmom in your area or to a stepmom who's experiencing similar circumstances, like going through infertility or whatever. So that's been really fun to connect stepmoms in that way. So yeah, we're constantly coming up with different ways to just not allow another stepmom to feel alone in what they're feeling yeah. and what they're going through, because I promise you... Someone else is feeling it too. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And from what I've seen on Instagram, you have a very devoted, loving, engaged community. They really love what you're about. And I know they're feeling all the love from you and feeling so much support because when we were, when you were promoting our episode, they were just they're talking, they're, you know, and I'm, I'm talking, I'm like, this is great. These people are super into it. Like they're really, they're really down for these conversations. So I love that. So kudos to you guys for building such a really a warm, accepting, supportive, authentic community. That's, that's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I want to thank you also for joining me today and sharing how you have dealt with the tension of, of just the life you expected and grieving that while also simultaneously thriving in the life and the blessings of the life that you currently have. So thank you, ladies, for joining me today. Thank you thank so you much. Thank you for having us. It was us. really fun. <laughs> yeah, it was great. The love and life hack for this week is... I got to go back to one of my all-time favorite quotes that helped me so much when I was single and grieving the life that I thought I'd have and wasn't having. It's by Joseph Campbell, and it goes like this. We must be willing to let go of the life we planned so as to have the life that is waiting for us. Take charge of your thoughts Take charge of your life. As always, thanks for spending this time with me today. It means so much to me. Be sure to join my email list so you'll be the first to know all the inside love and life scoop. Head over to my website, loveandlifemedia.com to subscribe. Also, if you have 30 seconds, I would be so grateful if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and write a quick little review of the podcast so that others can find love and life and join our community. And until next time, make it a great week. Love and Life is produced by Tim May and hosts and executive producer, Dr. Karen Anderson-Abram.